This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 372. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode, we are kicking off a brand new week of summer series content. This is the threes and over four episodes this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, we will be getting into 1973, 1983, 1993 and 2003 respectively. Now, we have already been powering through this summer series so much so that we are almost at the tipping point for the halfway mark we are like pretty much on the precipice and it's a very exciting position to be in because the list is already fully forming out and i get a good vibe for what we're picking in that three spots plenty to play for and this week is no exception to that there is tons of conversation are rolling its way to you. Now, the threes episodes are a ton of fun. A great collection of podcasters joining me for this. So I know you're going to have a ball listening to it. So yeah, the, the week as it stands just now is five episodes. It's four for summer series and one shudder and go. So you're basically getting episodes Monday through Friday and then the weekend off to bask in your relative happiness of not having another episode drop into your feed. Teapots Collective, we have a where to begin with dropping this week, so I will be keeping you entertained with that, and then hopefully before the month is out, bringing back some Chronicle to keep you entertained. The good news is Opera Omnia will be returning next month, I know. Ah, sigh of relief. I have finally uh, locked in. A guest host that will be joining me for the Alex Garland series, uh, JP, who you'll hear on this episode, will be joining me for that. And uh, yeah, we're going to be rolling through movies he has seen and at least one that he hasn't in a three-part series looking at Alex Garland, which will take us through September, October and November. And then in December, I'm going to bring back Mr. Watson and he and myself will sit down and cover In the Earth. And we'll also do a catch-up with the Strickland episode as we will be sitting down and doing the new Strickland movie, myself and Richard Glenn Smith, also in December. So you'll get two Chronicle episodes end of the year and that'll, uh, well, two Opera Omnia episodes end of the year, which will essentially catch us up there as well. So there we go. End of the year, we'll be fully caught up on everything, which is a weird position to be in, isn't it? Yeah, just a, just a wee bit. Anyway, ladies and gents, let's get down to it, shall we? Kicking off another week of summer series content. The fatigue ain't set in yet. We are ready to rumble, so welcome to a summer series episode. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, but most importantly, welcome to 1973. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people? Dead people coming back to life? People turning into weeds, for Christ's sake? Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. 
That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and tonight I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! <laughs> Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by the simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life eternal! As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy! 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 What do you want? This simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's got nards! Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to another brand new week of summer series content. This is the threes. That's right, four episodes dropping your way, covering 1973, 1983, 1993, and 2003, respectively. I have a brand new group of hosts with me. I'm calling these guys the young crew because I think I'm I think I'm the oldest on this call by a few years. Um, so that means that if I start to get cranky, we can just put it down to my Commerging like old age. Um, we have had like a fantastic week of podcast content coming your way with some surprising heavy hitters that didn't make it through the first time round. And also at the same time, some movies that I dare say uh, are going to get a bit of love because they're a little bit off the beaten track. Now joining me on this episode, as they will be for the entire week, uh, are some phenomenal podcast hosts. You will have heard them and other recordings that I've done before, but let's go round them anyway. This first one lives very close to me. Uh, he's also close to my heart. Um, he is uh, one of the, the, the crew that does our uh, drunken, <laughs> regrettable podcast, uh, Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. Uh, he's also one half of Scott and Liam versus Evil. It is the phenomenal Liam Rafferty. How are you doing, Liam? 
close to your heart or your full entire heart? The full heart. The full. I just wanted to say that just in case the wife listened to the first. She does what the FBI does when they're screening phone calls. She listens to like the first she... five minutes to hear any keywords like I'm dissing her and then she'll, she'll bring me up on it. So. She knows better. There's no point in fighting with her love, Duncan. It's, it's fine, man. Just accept it. She um, ex- <laughs> you can get me in so much trouble. Um, so, like, are you ready for this, Liam? Are you, like, you, you're famously one of these guys that's like, ah, well, you know, it's fine. So, I'm yeah, ready. I'm famously never, ever ready for uh, this. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. This year, I finally think I understand what's going on. Cool. And with the last recording, I proved that that was incorrect. You so, did, yeah. <laughs> so, let's see how this one goes. <laughs> uh, joining yourself on this episode here. Uh, he's he's been, he's been a hard-working podcaster. He has joined me most recently to go through Jallo box sets. But we started up some untitled shenanigans recently, which uh, our second episode will be recording very soon. I'm very excited for it. Uh, but he is like one of like the most dedicated, like hardworking when it comes to sheer movies reviewed per episode podcasters out there. It is Mr. Parker himself. It is Dave. How's it going? I've wasted my life. <laughs> that comic book guy. <laughs> yeah, it's going good. Let's get this show on the road. I like your style. Uh, joining Dave, myself, and Liam, uh, another guy who is my my uh, my cluster bomb that I throw into the summer series because anyone standing near him's getting dirty. Uh, is JP? How's it going, JP? What's up, man? I'm glad to be here again. Mm-hmm. We'll see if uh, we'll see if you. Well, there's no you and Jerry Herring episodes this year, I think, is there? No, no. no. Uh, which is a shame. I feel like we're we're almost denying the internet like absolute volatile gold um so we'll need to we'll need to try and we'll need to try and get that resolved somehow i don't know how we'll work it out we'll work it out um also joining us uh, and i'm going to introduce them separately even though they're under one roof and sharing one mic um it's i i, I did want to call you the chases when you came on but it did suddenly like it should be like a sitcom or something um so let's go let's let's go to the one that i have the most history with not bad history always great history um it is the phenomenal dan chase how you doing dan i just want to take this opportunity first of all to thank duncan because this is my first step up from adjudication mm-hmm. so thank you for calling me up to the big league sir yes um sir. I'm so happy to be on this fucking episode because I love everybody on this episode. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got people like fucking JP where <laughs> they argue about literally he's in a chat with my girl and they, they fight about fucking road rules and shit. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. So I'm so fucking happy to be a part of this fucking battle. I woke up at 6 a.m. today, took a 150 milligram edible. I'm fucking picking 150 right now. I'm fucking ready. Let's do this. <laughs> fucking yes. I want that enthusiasm. Yes. I took a 25 milligram and had an existential crisis, bro. You're on a, I don't do that differently. I fucking will die. I, yeah, I just. Yeah, I, uh, I, I literally just got a panic attack here in that whole conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 
uh, rounding out this group of podcasters uh, is a lady that I love to podcast with because I always feel that she brings some of the weirdest conversations out. We focus on weird details in movies and that just makes me laugh and I enjoy them. But she also brings an insight, a clarity and dare I say, much needed on this recording, a maturity. Uh, is of course a phenomenal Lacey Lou. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm about to light myself on fire. <laughs> Jaws um, 2. Yeah. Jaws 2. Jaws 2. <laughs> yes. Um. I, I fucking love Jaws 2. Uh, we were about to do a commentary on Jaws 3D last night, actually. Oh, God. But I decided not to. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen 3 or 4. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. What, what JP said. <laughs> you know, I, I, I podcasted with somebody recently, and I think they spoiled uh, one of the movies. Apparently, Brody's son dies. Oh. And I was like, spoilers, you cuck. Yeah, well, I mean, you... <laughs> I mean, it's like 100 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to follow up Dan's. I think I failed. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, okay. Please tell me you'll be on 150 milligrams when you watch the 3D sequence in Jaws 3D. <laughs> it is about the dumbest fucking thing ever. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I will make I sure of that, though. We <laughs> don't make sure. You might get some drunk messages from me from time to time, but, uh, yeah, no one's supposed to live. <laughs> oh, man. Man, yeah, that, that's, a, that, that's something that I can't wait to hear. Like, I only saw three and four the first time when we did the retro as well i'd, I'd like secretly really? yeah yeah well the first times for me as well and um yeah that was a thing that happened um well let's 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 talk about this episode so we're doing the threes on this run here um and i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get my curmudgeonness out the way at the start here some of these years have four movies right which makes no sense to me, like at all. There should not be four movies in any of these conversations because there are only six hosts. Which means at the end here, unless one person is voting for like every single movie and then there's some stragglers voting for other ones, some movies shouldn't be here. So we're going to find out what those movies are and <laughs> gonna, I'm going to get angry when we get to them. But this first one, this is, this is the dream here. Nice and concise. Two movies going head to head here for the, the, the next spot on the list. Now, 1973, granted, not the most exciting year in horror. I think it's safe to say. Um, it, has, it has a few. has a few in there. And then, plus, the summer series being as it is, uh, sets up a, a kind of false equivalency that, depending on what host is on that episode, some movies get raised maybe higher than they should be, and then, you know, you watch more movies the older you get, and then... It's a flawed system, is what I'm saying, so I'm getting my my excuses out the way as someone that has been on every one of these recordings. So, yeah, sometimes people are like, well, you were on that show that Tourist Trap went through on, for example. Um, why the fuck's the brood not on that list? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. true. That's a true story, and I am responsible, and I will take it on the chin. 1973, though, um, was... Try to remember. I can't even remember who the guest host was when we did 73 way back in the day. But I remember being, like, full of excitement for the 70s run just in general you are it's, it's the decade that things got dangerous um and that in itself makes me incredibly excited but 73 was one of those ones where it kind of felt like when we were recording there was obvious no-brainers here um and that kind of hurt my heart a little bit because it did mean that there were some movies that you kind of felt like that could have probably been up there on the list 
why is it not made it? The two movies we're going to discuss here that will be joining our, our kind of two CD picks moving forward uh, are The Wicker Man, which I know will raise some eyebrows from some people who will be like, well, why did that not make it through? Um, and then also alongside that, we're going to be discussing George A. Romero's The Crazies. Now, originally for 73, <laughs> uh, The Exorcist went through kind of felt like a bit of a no-brainer um and don't look now which also to me anyway kind of felt like a no-brainer so those two movies were securely locked in and then we've managed to to chop it down to um essentially a master of horror and at the same time um a movie which essentially solidified and kick-started off a brand new genre of of kind of filmmaking in the uk um, and folk horror with the Wicker Man. So we're going to go through these two. Um, as always, we're going to work our way around uh, with kind of opinions on the movies themselves before we, we do battle at the end, trying to get that one movie through. Now, the limit here with six hosts is that if any movie gets four, automatically that movie goes through. Um, however, because we have some shows here that have four movies, um, if it ends up in a like two votes on one movie and then one for each of the others then if we can't agree then the one with the most will go through that's literally how i'm working this I ain't playing games the wicker man is directed by robin hardy it's based on the screenplay by anthony schaefer and the novel ritual by david pinner the synopsis is a puritan police sergeant arrives in a scottish island village in search of a missing girl um, who the pagan locals claim never existed it stars edward woodward christopher lee diane clento Britt eckland ingrid pitt Lindsay Kemp, Russell Waters, and Aubrey Morris. A little bit of trivia for this one for you. Sir Christopher Lee, as he was known before he died, uh, said that he considers this to be one of his greatest roles ever. Um, many years after making the film, Edward Woodward revisited some of the locations and claimed that he found a makeshift cross that how he makes it some pieces of wood in the movie, still intact and left in the same place it was from the original scene. Uh, Sir Christopher Lee paid for his own press tour out of his pocket and hit every stop willing to interview him about the movie. According to rumours, some farmers in Iowa were surprised. Iowa, you listening? Uh, some folks in Iowa, <laughs> Iowa uh, were surprised to see him um, every, uh, every morning on the public access shows. Uh, so it was filmed in 1972 in Galloway, or uh, Galloway, depending on how you pronounce it, in Scotland, and there was some con controversy when Brit Eklund labelled as it as the bleakest place on earth. I don't know if that is actually controversial. Liam will back me up. It is pretty bleak. Um, yeah, it's and bleak, it's bleak as fuck, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> bleak <laughs> as fuck, man. That's what they're going to put on the poster. Uh, and the producers were forced to apologise to the locals, who I imagine were all intermarried anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> brothers and sisters and shit. Um, we can say that because we're Scottish. So I, I'm, I'll kick us off on this can one. <laughs> I don't, well, I can say it. I don't know if it's allowed. Uh, I'm going to say it. But, but let's put it that way. I'm going to say it, even though it's not allowed. Um, I don't know if I've got any listeners down that way, so I'm fine. And uh, the worst case scenario, it's true. And it encourages them to listen. It's a win-win. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll kick us off on The Wicker Man. And I'll, I'll just I'll just be honest here. This is the movie I'm putting forward. So I'm kind of breaking, <laughs> kind of breaking protocol here. Fucking adore this movie. Um, I saw it. Me, I was going to say a, a bit too young. I don't even think it was a case of a, a bit too young. But this is the first movie I saw, which had the depending on your outlook on life, the kind of fuck you ending, like the ending where the guy who you've kind of considered to be the hero, even though he's flawed, 
um, all the way through the movie, like, dies horribly, and everyone seems happy about it. Um, and I think that kind of shaped my my interest specifically in movies that have kind of bleaker endings, of which I'm now a huge fan of. I actually prefer the bleaker ending to the happy ending. Um, and maybe I should go and live in Galway. <laughs> so I go and be bleak with the locals. Um, yeah, I think it's... I, I understand where complaints about the movie uh, ostensibly come from uh, in terms of its quote-unquote horror credentials. It is a, it's a kind of musical drama for sure, for the majority of the movie, but it does take a wicked turn at the end, and that wicked turn at the end pays off everything you've seen before. It is essentially a giant ritual where a person is guided through his inability uh, or his rigid personality to to see the writing on the wall. He's given plenty of opportunities to give up um, and, you know, like maybe give up his principles uh, and leave, but because of his rigid moral core, um, and that's not a penis, by the way, um, he, he continues. He continues on, uh, ultimately, to end up burning alive in a worker man. Uh, I think uh, Edward Woodward and Christopher Lee pretty much are like two of my favourite performances in any movie of the 1970s. I think they're perfectly cast against each other. Um, and I even like Edward Woodward's Scottish accent. He's not Scottish and he does quite well. Christopher Lee's is dubious. <laughs> and um, <laughs> him in a kilt and converse is still something that I think, yeah, a few people can pull that off. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's like it's uh, really well paced. It's excellent. I mean, there are going to be conversations about different cuts and whatever. I'm just going to go down to the fact that I think Without this movie, there's a whole generation of kind of folk horror movies which are still gaining interest that maybe don't go as far as they do. I'm not saying like movies like Midsommar wouldn't exist without The Wicker Man because I, I think they probably would in one way, shape or form. But I think they're certainly aided from from this movie. And uh, Robin Hardy, who did an incredible job directing this, um, his sequel to this movie, not so much. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm all in on this one. I think this is more than deserving of the list, and that's to take nothing away from the second movie, which I do, you know, think is a, a great Romero movie. But yeah, my, all my all my chips are behind the Wicker Man on this one. Um, let me take this round the table. We'll start with Liam. Liam, thoughts on the Wicker Man? Christopher Lee is a big, sexy tree of a man, uh, <laughs> and he's just incredible in this. Mm. It is a travesty that this isn't already through. I'd, I'm not a fan of The Exorcist, so if we were arguing with uh, The Exorcist and The Crazies, yep. I, I would have a debate, but I think, much like you, if a wicker man doesn't go through, I'm just going to turn this mic off and <laughs> go, through, go through to the kitchen, make myself a sandwich and never speak to any of you again. <laughs> it's just so good. That ending is so hard-hitting that even watching it now, you're like... Shit, man! Like you were really hoping for some sort of happy payoff. Yeah, in somebody, a way. someone to rescue him, like a helicopter that comes over the horizon with a, like a SWAT team or something to rescue yeah. this guy. Nah. Yeah, de definitely, he's going to get out of this somewhere. Like, oh, the fire's getting to him. His knees are on fire, but he's <laughs> going to put it out. And then at the end, of it, you're like, nope. Just these mad shaggers in Scotland get away with it, and it's great. I love it. Mad shaggers in Scotland. Uh, let's go. Let's go to Dave. Thoughts on the Wicker Man? 
Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, 1973 is a big year of downbeat endings. Look at the exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Don't look now yep. the wicker man, the mm-hmm. crazies. Mm-hmm. I think even sisters is pretty sad. So oh, all yeah. the movies, it, it's a quintessential ending. I mean, it's a folk horror masterpiece. It's put in the unholy Trinity for a reason. Christopher Lee is in the running for the greatest horror actors of all time. Mm-hmm. If not top two, to be honest, he's wonderful in this movie. He gets to do something a little bit different, which is refreshing as hell. And Edward Woodward is perfect in this movie. Yeah. He's got that uptight. He's too old. He shouldn't be a virgin. He should be married. But he's got such a, like that high, you know, thought of himself and the, the religious stuff. And when he confronts Christopher Lee and they argue back and forth, it's wonderful. It's like a, the ultimate fish out of water story in, mm. in paganism. And it's completely unique and different. The adding of the musical stuff is just so unnerving at times. Uh, this is a masterpiece. What, what the fuck can you say? I mean... As much as I like so many movies from 1973, The Wicker Man is the objectively the one that did the most. It's brought up and it, it held the test of time. You know, I feel that people currently within the last five years bring up The Wicker Man more than they bring up Don't Look Now. Mm. On and so, so I honestly would have probably fought for The Wicker Man over Don't Look Now, but uh, I love this movie. Like, um, it's a classic and it's important. And the end speech with the chills when he says God and he's like, oh God, and he starts going on that whole thing. And it's just really sad. But at the same time, it's like, you kind of made your own bed and it's, you thought you were so clever, but man, they've been playing you the whole time. It's just brilliant. Uh, Wicker Man's awesome. Amazing. Right. Let's turn this to, let's go to Lacey. Lacey, thoughts on The Wicker Man? Oh man. Um... I'm going to get so judged here. Oh, no. <laughs> it's too um, early for this. <laughs> I, have such a, I have such a special place for the remake in my heart. You have no idea. Are you like, Liam? The hell? You, you, you and Liam. Like, you no, and Liam it's, and, a, it's, a, it's the, the last field. movie. It's the last movie I ever got to see with my mom. So. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. And like literally like two days before, like she got really sick. So. Um, it's, and I mean, we got to see Nicolas Cage punching bitches, so, um, <laughs> I had never seen yes, the original, so I didn't even know it was a remake when I watched it. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd like to think we've come a long way since 2006, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, it has a special place in my heart, so I, I felt like I had to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this movie, um, I was not expecting it to be a musical because obviously the, the remake is not. So when, uh, is it the landlord's daughter? Yes. Is that what, yes. Uh, I started singing and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And she's just like naked, like at his door, like trying to lure him. And I mean, there's so much psychology that goes into this movie. It's kind of amazing. Mm. And uh, just like little things like that, even though like, it's kind of silly, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I I, I I like this one a lot as well, and uh, yes, Sir Christopher Lee is amazing, and uh, there's just something about a dude getting set on fire. You know me, I love it when people get set on fire. No. <laughs> um, like, a it, pyromania in you, Lacey, I think. Just a tiny little bit. <laughs> a pyro? Yeah, just a little bit, I think. McDonald Tria going on over yeah. here. <laughs> I'm sorry, like it well now I think we all know, like when I go out, that's how I wanna go. Just yeah. like <laughs> Are you a fan of Saint Maud, perhaps? I oh. did like that movie. Yeah. 
It would have been on my top 10 had I did a top 10 last year. Mm, I, like <laughs> I like bitches and people just being set on fire. So, do <laughs> it for me, Duncan. I think you know where my vote will go. I, I think I think I might. Uh, right, let's go to uh, Dan. Uh, what, thoughts on The Wicker Man? Man, I first saw The Wicker Man in 2005 after listening to a commentary on one of my favorite movies, still to this day, um, Hostel. Nice. Uh, Eli Rock was, you know, and and really, that's kind of the same story uh, in a way. How they wore them mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, when I first saw it, not necessarily like in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm, I'm self-admittedly kind of like a basic bitch when it comes to. Yes. Uh, I really <laughs> try and the summer series has been great for expanding that because. I mean, obviously, like, I think, you know, certain things, and some people are like, are you fucking crazy? And vice versa. <laughs> but I do think, and 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 judging by everybody's, you know, um, kind of reviews so far on this movie, for me, it's always been, all right, what movie can even come close to Wicked Man? Because mm. I do think this is a masterpiece. I think it's a it's a super creepy movie on, on a different level. Um, and you know, when those kids start popping out and, and that ending, it, not, not just the ending on the fucking, on, on, you know, the thing, the, with the wicker man, but just leading up to it, it was just very anxiety driven. And I just, I thought it was fantastic. And, and the music, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? But I loved it instantly. Amazing, right? Last thoughts on this one. This kind of feels almost academic before we even get to the review of the second movie. Uh, last thoughts on the Wicker Man to our buddy JP. Yeah, dude. Um, Wicker Man, awesome. Love it. Uh, I, I love just how whenever the the lead there, like his Christian values are so strong that yeah. he's he comes off like disrespectful, right? Because... Mm -hmm. um, classic fish out of water tail but he um it, it's almost like there's this just feeling the entire film that like just this isn't going to end well because of just how everybody's acting and then uh the fact that he's he's so blunt and um like he he assumes everybody should be acting as if they're the same religion as him you know yeah. what i mean it's like christian christianity is the only religion to him so he comes off that way and um when, whenever you're like just blatantly that disrespectful to other people's beliefs you just know that it's like not gonna end well for him you know <laughs> and then uh the the musical aspect i i don't like musicals um unless it's like willy wonka or, or like yeah. wizard of oz or something but for some reason i i think one musicals work better in older films for some reason than they do in modern films for me and then two it never really bothered me because normally musicals do because it just feels like these people would be singing mm. you know what i mean it just feels like natural to their like way of life um so it just fits the film really well and then that ending man i mean it's the performance and the screams and just the it's chilling it really is uh so yeah i i loved wicker man and uh, i've only seen it this is only the second time i've seen it oh wow but uh it still is impactful and i will uh, the the last thing i'll say on it is 
it's so engaging like just watching him go from you know place to place in this town and, and doing the investigation and just it captures you and you just and for you know 70s movies are traditionally a little slow mm-hmm. but because of the performances and the dialogue it just keeps you so interested in what's going on yeah. and i love that um also i guess the last thing i'll say is <laughs> the inspiration is you know even so much more clear like when you watch a film like midsummer yeah. i know that people say oh it's just a wicker man remake but it it, it takes so many beats from this film and self-admittedly i mean Mm -hmm. aster you know has listed this as a big inspiration but um it's just it's just really cool to see this film almost get sort of a another um influx of love in the last couple years because we're seeing a lot of like folk type horror again with like the witch and stuff so Mm -hmm. that's awesome but yeah i love the wicker man Nice, nice, nice. Uh, well, I mean, we're we're, go- we're gonna talk about it, but I, I get the feeling we might not be spending a huge amount of time unless all of a sudden we all just instantly go back <laughs> on what we just said there. The other movie is The Crazies, and I don't want to be dismissive of it at all. Um, this is George A. Romero, like I say, master of horror. This is him, you know, essentially giving up his his work and the. And the run in the seventies, which I mean, you look at it as is just an incredible body of work. Um, this is based on the script by Paul McCulloch and the screenplay also by George A. Romero. Uh, synopsis here is the military attempts to contain a man-made combat virus, which causes death and permanent insanity to those infected, as it takes over a small Pennsylvania town. Um, I'm not going to go into the cast and the, the the trivia because I do get a feeling this might be academic here. Uh, so I, I, what I want to do is I just want to go around and just gauge vibes on this one. Um, once again, I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, I think this movie is great. I actually really like the remake as well, which is not common for me to like to lean in quite heavily on a, a on a remake. But I think the remake managed to update it in the best way, whilst at the same time being fairly reverential to the the, the original it's i mean it, it covers a lot of those things that romero manages to get into movies really easy that a lot of directors struggle to which is an idea of just uh, societal issues and, uh, and politics and essentially abuse of both um it's really well done as as a great contained movie and it has a a, a vibe about it and a, a kind of almost low budget quality about it as well which makes it really gnarly and exploitative so i enjoy that aspect of it as well it's a great movie it ain't no wicker man for me uh dave thoughts on the crazies uh yeah you know guys know everybody has their guy if it's carpenter craven romero Fulci, whoever it is romero's my guy mm-hmm. um, i'm obsessed with romero since i was a child i've watched all his movies several times and uh this movie is highly interesting in romero's catalog because it fits perfectly in between night of living dead and dawn of the dead if it were a zombie film it would be almost you know the lost one it has yeah. the it's it has a lot of similarities tonight and dawn um what I love about this movie and what I love about George Romero is his themes and stuff. They pop up and the difference between this and the remake. Um, this one has a little subtleties mm-hmm. that aren't in the remake. The remake, it has other things that I enjoy that this one doesn't have like action set pieces are more, are, are more so like the scares, not action set pieces, but it, it sets up a little bit more scares, right? So, so the thing that I really genuinely love about this movie is the idea of miscommunication. And mm-hmm. that's what Romero's always been about, whether it's Night of the Living Dead, whether it's Day of the Dead. There's always people arguing and never being able to get their points across. 
Um, I also love that this movie has a, a you know elite that's on typical. He's a middle-aged balding guy, and he's unsure of himself. I like that. I like that a lot. I also love the fact that you know movies like The Sadness would lift from the crazies because when he starts, uh, his friend Clanker starts to deteriorate. He starts to have those emotions about his friend come out. Mm -hmm. You know, he has that resentment towards him. You were the big hero. I was a nobody. And he starts to have that bleed through and he starts to realize it. It's also hilarious that Lynn Laurie in the 70s did three infection movies back to back with <laughs> I Drink Your Blood, um, The Crazies and Shivers, where she always mm -hmm. infected every time. And she just plays out of her fucking mind of dead blank scare pretty perfectly. Um, there's a lot of weird, nasty bits. Like I said, with uh, Richard Liberty from Day of the Dead and his daughter, that's uncomfortable as shit. Um, the sewing knitting needle is, is very nice. And there's just a lot of little nice touches. And plus, how could I not mention the, the little theme music that they put in here? Heaven help mm -hmm. us. Seventies movies. They need to bring that back. Um, it works really well. And honestly, personally, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite films. It's not as well made as the wicker man. It's not as important as the wicker man. It's, it's very important and interesting, endlessly interesting. If you're a Romero fan, but uh, besides that, I don't know how much appeal it has to the masses. I think people do like it, but I don't think it's as important as The Wicker Man. And, and one more thing, and then I'm done on this. Uh, I would have liked to talk about Messiah of Evil. I know I'm the only guy here that loves yeah. it like that. And, uh, and so I just got to give a shout out to Messiah of Evil. It was not forgotten um, by this guy. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's go to GP. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, the, the Crazies is a great movie. Uh, unfortunately, it just goes up against a uh, uh, super classic in, in The Wicker Man. Uh, Romero, hometown boy. Uh, this film was, uh, Evan City is is really close to me. It's less than uh, like an hour away. Um, I've always had a connection with Romero films being most of them are set in areas around me. You know, the, the Dawn of Dead Mall I go to every year for the... the um, living dead weekend convention and it's it's close to me as well i've been there a bunch um even as a kid before i had ever had seen dawn of the dead but um yeah the crazies I, I i will say like whenever the pandemic first started rolling around um like a lot of people i i watched a bunch of like infection <laughs> yeah. slash pandemic movies just i don't know why i guess we're sick <laughs> but <laughs> um it, it, and I, I, I had watched the crazies um, and it's just like so cool the the things that happen in this film are like some of the first times ever in in a film um, when it comes to like pandemic mm. stuff and like the military and things like that. And there's definitely a lot like George Romero was a visionary and he he just had these ideas that were really ahead of their time mm -hmm. and i i love that about him and this film i think it it is overshadowed by his dead films um probably rightfully so but at the same time there is a lot of stuff in here that's that's, that's worth discussing and looking at and um most of his films are like that george, george was the man and and that's why he's you know dave's dude and he's he's most horror fans dude as well um, but yeah, the crazies, great movie, um, classic seventies stuff, but it's just, unfortunately it's going up against the wicker man. Right. Uh, let's go to Lacey Lou. Um, yeah, there's, sorry. There's some behind the scenes drama going on. <laughs> it was fucking huge. There, there was a spider or something. <laughs> 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 
he was like the fucking spider from Enemy when he looks in the fucking bathroom. It was that one. Are you sure it's not the edibles? I got to no, I, I didn't watch the spider. No, no, I literally just fucked with him. I was like, you just that, stepped on it and he screamed like the biggest little bitch I've ever heard. That did not happen. That did just... so fucking happen. <laughs> <bad. laughs> people wild out like the visit x this mm-hmm. um like i love them i i feel like they're getting their dues like it's like so many years of like they're getting their pension well i mean like obviously there's a bunch of other people that go crazy in this as well but like the 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 standout moments for me are the el- elders yeah and you when that old bitch takes that long ass needle like it, it's so unexpected when you see it for the first time and when, you know, he was like, hey, or I can't remember what he says, but she just gets up with a, her little knitting needle and, like, comes and just stabs the dude in, like, the hazmat suit or... Is that what it's called? Hazmat? Yeah, yeah. hazmat. Yeah. Ah! Sometimes I feel smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she just fucking stabs the dude. And, like, that's such a moment. And um, because you, you think she's still normal because, like, it, it's crazy for when it happens. I guess that's probably what, you know the response that Romero was wanting to get. But um, the only thing this movie lacked was uh, Timothy Olin Fantastic. Wow. Sorry. Like, you know, some Scream 2 love here, Mickey. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I'm ridiculous. I know, but yeah, no, this movie is fun. And I'm not like, I like that it's not just like straight up zombies and it's more of like an infected kind of thing without being like zombified. Yeah. Um. So like, I appreciate that. Because um, I am not a zombie girl, so I this is definitely um, high up there. Um, unfortunately, it does come against the winner, which I like cults better than old people. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so this also feels like there should be a T-shirt that says that. Mess the trend here. Dan, thoughts on the crazies? So. I... I always think that Romero's movies are great for for the social commentary and stuff. But when I first saw this, I, I'm not sure when, probably about ten years ago or so, mm. I was always infatuated with how the government reacts to these situations because we've seen similar things. But I, I really do wonder, like, okay, first of all, how close is is what you know these infected people are to? things that really happen these days Mm. and secondly would their response be any different and especially pertaining to like the sloppiness of it and like dave parker so eloquently like he did with this whole review pointed out you know just the miscommunication Mm. like i love that because i feel like that's stuff that would really happen and i find that truly scary and so not so much when i'm watching the crazies but i do think about those dudes in those fucking hazmat suits everywhere, just, you know, running around with guns. And I know the crazies are the people that we should be afraid of, yes, but it's also the government and just fucking idiots running around with guns as well. You know, it reminds me of the fucking 
guys in Halloween Five with their shotguns mm -hmm. in a way. You know, because I've met military people as well, and I always, you know, um, while some of them are very smart, some of them are not so smart either. And I'm like, huh, would I really trust this guy? Like, if he had a hazmat suit on, like, I'd probably fucking run from him regardless if I was crazy or not. So anyways, um, I thought this movie was great. I don't think it's Romero's best movie, but that is, uh, you know, not even up for debate. Um, while we're doing this because this thing's up against the wicker man again it has no chance in my eyes i do think it's great though and i really enjoyed watching it and a lot of fucking people die in that movie 72 <laughs> 70 yeah 72. yeah um it, romero romero films are always fun but again wicker man it just it, it had no chance final thoughts on the crazies to liam I would just be echoing everyone's <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a great film, but there's a lot of movies that have already made it through yeah. by Romero that do what the crazies oh. does, but mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet the Wicker Man isn't there, so we know what we know what's happening. We do know what's happening, so let's let's just ratify it right now. Um, is anyone voting against the Wicker Man? Speak now or forever hold thy peace. And yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to mention one more thing about the crazies. Go for it. And I think that, unfortunately, I hopefully no one misinterprets this. Yeah. Um, the lead actor, the lead character was immune. But since he went through absolute hell mm. at the very end of the movie, he has combat shock. And yeah. when he says, you want to run an immunity test on this one, he says, look at him. And he makes the eye contact with the colonel. And there was their cure right there. And through miscommunication and fuckery, yeah. they lost it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. a brilliant ending. It's a smart. He's a smart guy. Like, like I, I sometimes like. I think, and I, I think it's more a product of nowadays than is necessarily against. I think a lot of people look at, at movies that try to package a message in a zombie movie, for example, um, and see how filmmakers do it now and take it at a very, a very superficial bluntness that I think a lot of the nuance that Romero Maggi used to squeeze into his movies. So it's never just, it's never just one thing. It's all, there's always a multitude of different things. And that's his character work is always incredible because of that. People like, kind of behave and act like people behave and act. And no two people, even if you agree on 99% of everything, there's still that 1% you don't agree on. And I think he captures that almost better than any other director. Um, it's, it's a really, really, really smart movie. But... The Wicker Man's going through. It's going Woo! through. I, I, I feel I, mean, I, I feel we've done a good job here. I don't know about you guys. I feel good. It's got old people and cults. It uh, wins. And burning, apparently. Yeah, which... I mean, it's <laughs> and the only one. We don't get to know each other. Hey, we're all on the same podcast. Now the next one is now going to fucking battle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it also has fucking Ingrid Pitt and Brick Eckler. It's got a great cast. You yeah. said Aubrey Morris too, and yeah, I immediately, yeah. I immediately thought of Clockwork Orange. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it's, it's just so good, and it's made it to the, the the big the big leagues, the big table. It will join uh, the Exorcist. Don't look now, Wicker Man. That is he. That is that is not a happy night. It's a great night of movie watching, but you ain't coming out of that feeling all 
high on life at the end of that. Jesus. Um, so yeah, it goes forward. Um, I'd like to thank my guests for joining me. These guys are going to be back for another show tomorrow and for the rest of the week. And like Dan so eloquently stated there, um, the, the loving is likely to break on the next episode as we have a grand total of four movies, which feels like too much, uh, going head to head to try and claim out that third spot. Um, I'm going to close out this show. When I come back, I'll be uh, recontextualizing. I'll be uh, bringing it all in and letting you know where we stand at the end of this episode and closing out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs ladies and gents this has been episode 372 we did uh, 1973 on this summer series episode and we're putting forward the wicker man now that should be no surprise a lot of people were upset wicker man didn't go through originally but we are finally solidifying it and what a lineup 73 has to offer the exorcist don't look now and The Wicker Man, three bona fide fucking classics coming your way to that Thunderdome table next year. Very, very, very exciting to get into. A huge thanks to my guest hosts who joined me on this episode and we are already having a ton of fun and this fun will roll into the remainder of the week because we have so much still to play for. So a huge thanks, huge thanks to um, my guests for joining me on this one and making it, as always, a ton of fun and a joy to do. Now, I did post in the Facebook group page earlier on a poll. That poll said, you have two movies to choose from, either The Wicker Man or The Crazies. Unsurprisingly, The Wicker Man dominated this. So we're back, synced up listeners and reviewers alike. The Wicker Man won out with 78% over the 22% vote. For the crazies so yeah it felt like a bit of a no-brainer to people that voted and should feel like a no-brainer to those that listened as well there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under stairs wherever you're listening right now hit subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalog of teapots content please do not stop there though we have a sister feed called the teapots collective over there you can get shows like where to begin with opera omnia doing the nasty and chronicle as well it's up there links to everything subscribe to both those feeds on whatever podcatching device you listen to and that is the best way to support what i do under the stairs if you'd much rather just go to one place and have all those episodes and all those shows at a touch of a fingertip then the one-stop shop for that is our website tputzcast.com links to everything i do is over there as well as a link to a special secret show called Geoz's Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. We will be bringing that back within a month, so get yourself prepared for that carnage. A bit of carnage on Geoz's Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, exclusively available on teapotscast.com. Oh, ladies and gents, Facebook is a place to be. If you want to interact with these polls that I'm posting, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. You can interact with those summer series polls. You could get involved with our Shudder and Go series polls. You can post what you're watching. You can start horror conversations or just generally shoot the shit. 
Um, it's the best way to interact with the podcast. And it is a group of, what, 655 members, and they're all super cool. Teapots cast found on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapots cast. The Teapots Collective is just a Facebook page where I post everything that I do. That's facebook.com forward slash teapots cast. And for Jaws of Shite Bants, which is weird news stories and just uncomfortable, unpleasant things that people do to each other, that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you hate Facebook and you'd much rather interact with us on a platform, of the social media persuasions that limits the amount of characters you use, or one that demands you post pictures, that's Facebook. Um, adjacent sites like Instagram, as in owned by Facebook but a different platform, or Twitter, which was at one point going to be owned by Elon Musk, but apparently not anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fucked up situation to say the least. But yeah, the twin prongs of social media sexiness are Instagram and Twitter. You can follow myself in the bars over there by just simply doing at teapotscast. Couldn't be any easier. The podcast under the stairs returns tomorrow with another summer series episode that's all to play for as we roll into 1983. So until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world virus, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.